So, kicking things right off, man, how was your week? Uh, my week wasn't bad. wasn't bad at all. Uh, on Saturday, I actually went to the Gorillas concert. Okay. Gorillas and Earth Gang. Pretty nice show. A little swagged out from the shows. You see me? I don't wear it to the show, but I wear it to this yeah, show. Yeah, you can't be that guy, Gutter. I'm not that guy. Don't be don't that be guy, Gutter. No, I'm not that guy. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty fun weekend. Kind of a wrap-up of my whole uh, birthday week of okay. concerts and yeah. whatnot. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, hung out with a lot of friends on Saturday. Uh, pretty big crowd. It was at the Toyota Pavilion Music Factory, whatever they call it. It's got a lot of names there. I don't know exactly which part I was at, but I was there. I was someplace. I was there. Well, see, I was in Fort Worth. I was at the uh, TCU game on Saturday. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you what, man. That was quite the affair. Okay. And we'll get into that a little bit uh, later, but that was pretty much the highlight of my week. Other than that, it was really just a, a lot of catching up on sleep and a lot of football, a lot of football. But first, before we get into football, history made last night in Arlington. And you were there well, to see well, it. Well, Yeah, kind of. Kind of. See, those, uh, those brisket egg rolls, everybody had them. I wanted one. And I figured that my seat was just far enough. I was a uh, third, ba- third baseline, uh, section... 15 seat. I don't know. It was me and Cheeks. Mm-hmm. But every time me and Cheeks sit on the third baseline, some idiot falls out of the stands in some form or fashion. He didn't fall. He jumped. Well, whatever. He, hey, he, had, he, had, he had a great strategy. So if, in case you missed it, Aaron Judge hit 62. His 62nd home run to pass Roger Maris for the AL record and went into the left field seats. Uh, guy... Uh, David Yeoman made a great catch, and somebody did not fall. He jumped down. He had a plan, and his plan was good because if it would have happened like it happened in Toronto, because there's no bullpen there, if it would have fallen, it would have fallen right down there, and he'd have been right there to get it. Yeah, he would have been down there. So he'd take a calculator. But some baller-ass dude caught that ball because, you know, I'm pretty sure his company bought that whole section of seats. Really? Yeah, it sounded like uh, I know that definitely the person whoever caught the ball, their wife is definitely in the media. Yeah, so SportsIllustrated.com. Yeah. I know she's uh, associated in some ways with uh, Richie Witt, and uh, he's I guess uh, some sort of finance thing. He's already been offered two million dollars for the ball. But he, if you got like twenty million in the bank, what's two million? It'll be more for your kids. Just I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, you'd have to be pretty successful, successful financier if if, uh, oh. if that was the case. I mean, yeah, this might be some hedge fund type of money. Well, hey, just because he's there, I mean, I don't know. If he's head of the hedge fund. Yeah, true, true. But you know, he might be one of these days. But you know, we I've been discussing with other people whether you give the ball back, and I'm like, no. I mean, this day and age, man, nobody's looking out for your for anybody but themselves. And you know what? You just be you know what. If it was a Ranger that did it and I was at the game, y'all would have to lace me out with so much gear and a lot of tickets. Gear, no, see, like, here's gear the thing. and tickets, and, like some lifetime type of stuff. If I was feeling generous, I would, I would do this. If I caught the ball, I would say, okay, tell you what, man, I'm gonna give you a player deal. You can give me, you can cut me a check right now, 500k. I'm gonna give you the ball. I'm gonna take what would end up being a mil and a half loss on it. Here you go. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, really but dropping I the bucket. got to get paid. Yeah, yeah. Gots to, gots to, gots to. 25 lighters on my dress. What, what, what is your family going to do? You just, you just no. throw away the lottery ticket. For what? I'm, I'm like the Charles Freewell. My nice, kids can't eat. To be, nice, <laughs> to, to be nice to some guy who's supposedly a nice guy. How my kids going to eat off of uh, 15 million? And, and I don't think that Aaron Judge should be uh, telling anybody, like, well, you know, it's be greedy. 
This is a guy who could is have signed something an ex- that he said, or is no, no, no. Oh, okay. no. But he's it he's could be guy. perceived that he's way. He's a guy or who signed an ex- who has a signed an extension. Yeah, the Yankees going to well, try to get free. his money. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll holler Aaron Judge after he signs his contract. He, yeah, he he isn't giving the Yankees a uh, hometown discount because he's you know grew- he's a Cali kid. Well, but I mean, you know, the, yeah, the team I, I that brought it. him yeah, up and stuff that's like who he that. Came, yeah, you know, he's going to squeeze every dollar he can. Now, I could be wrong. If he if he ends up going back to like you know Cali or something and taking you know, below market value, I'd be like, okay, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't see him going to the Angels. To the highest being, bidder. Yeah, and being, you know, just stuck in that No, no, if he goes to the Angels, it's going to be one of those pool holds type of contracts, those crazy contracts that, yeah. that, keep Anna, that keep the Angels eight years out of the playoffs. Right. You know, it's just like it would have been nice if y'all did this at the beginning of Trout's whole career and y'all had pitching at the same time, but – you know, things don't seem to match up for most franchises in our division when they do it that way. So the big argument going around is, is this the all-time best home run record, or <laughs> are we going to count the questionable steroid era? What do you think? Well, I guess that's why they have two different leagues, right? <laughs> well, that, that, that's what made this one so special. If it had yeah. been in the National League, then it would be, hit it'd be more questionable and you'd right. have more Because this one, you at least get a, a definite, this is the most of the American League, period. Yeah. It's done, but as far as all time, you know, I, I've got some issues with Sosa and McGuire, yeah. only because Sosa, but when it comes down to it, I don't hate as much on Bonds as other people do. Because Bonds the, was amazing. Because the was... fact that Bonds without steroids is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. Bonds, Bonds, Bonds before he went to San Francisco. And, and you could even argue that Mark McGuire was, but he was strictly a power hitter. With He was not a gold glover if, he, if there was a gold glove for dh i guess <laughs> i don't know but mark mcguire he never had that glove it's not like he was a rafael palmero type no, it's like no. he's just turn, he's just oh wow look at him with the hitting the splits yeah scooping no. that but that, that wasn't the mark mcguire's game but he came in the game hitting 49 home runs as you know a skinny version of mark mcguire right but at the same time but bonds did it for a long time well, we're talking about the all-time walks leader. People were walking him before he was on steroids. Well, and steroids doesn't necessarily make the man. Mm-hmm. You could look out to uh, you know Ruben Sierra. Oh yeah, he was an all-star and then started taking steroids, and then all of a sudden you saw the hole in the swing get bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. So it's not necessarily even a guarantee that doing steroids is going to. And I even think with the Bonds thing, it's more about the his relationship with the media. I think so too. I think it's the fact that he's a jerk. He's yeah. a jerk. It's he's easy to hate on, and uh, don't get me wrong. They need to acknowledge the fact that there was some questionable stuff that was happening. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you want to go into the past that you have to go into, hey, man, how great were these guys playing when they didn't play against yeah, black against players? Black people, you, you know, know what I'm saying? It's like, isn't Josh Gibson the real home run king? Why don't we go count the Negro right, home runs? Right, runs, right, you know? right. It's like, even when, when even when Bob Gibson came in MLB, didn't they didn't they change the, the height of the mound just because he was dominating so much? So, you know... You know, you, you can go take to the, Ty Cobb well, out you of go to the NBA. Oh, you're like, well, man, this guy like George Mikan shot under fifty percent, and he was the only seven footer in in basketball. Well, y'all How played. We didn't have a three point line. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's tons of different back stuff in like my that. day. Back so, in my day. So, I mean, I. Here's my thing. I don't really care. I don't yeah. really care. It's something that happened. It happened to a Yankee, yeah. and it happened in Arlington, and that's the most disappointing thing. That on top <laughs> of this dumpster fire of a season that saw the. Manager, get fired. Yeah. The general manager, get fired. Fired. And, well, bad, bad team that I don't think from game one 
to game 162 mm-hmm. showed improvement no. along the way. And that's why why we have we're looking for a new manager. I mean, that's the did, most disappointing thing. Like we've been pretty stagnant s- since the Woodard error began. And I just think it's time to move on to another guy, but uh you know, we can talk about that in our uh, little next segment we call hometown bias. A little Dallas bias over here, but I guess we're talking Agtown now, so we represent the hood. Yes, sir. And what it comes down to is we're wrapping the season up. Rangers closing out with a 4-2 win over the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And so they at least go yeah, out on a, go out night, on a high night. On a high note. Kind of. You know, they did give up that uh, record-breaking home run, which was disappointing. I would have liked to have seen them be able to stay out of the wrong side of history. Yeah. But, but at the same time. It happened in our city, and we can always it, it happened, we, were, it happened. we were in the vicinity. It, it put a little. I bit was more, eating brisket egg rolls. It put a little bit more money in the ownership's pocket. Hey, they're good, it was man. Probably Check the them only, out next season. It was probably the only sellout that the Rangers really had this season, mm-hmm. other than opening day. So put a little bit more money in their pockets, and Lord knows they've used it. As as far as the improvement goes, the only really improvement, and people got down on him early in the season, mm-hmm. was Marcus Simeon, who came out just cold yeah. as he could be, and I defended him, and I think this is really what it was. Is you know, unless you have never experienced moving from a place to a different place and then moving a family from a place to a different it was place. A transition period. Yeah, and there's so much that goes on outside. You think of you what could you say think. the same thing with Corey Seager because they both started off pretty slow. I think Corey Seager, uh, he's not necessarily a uh, he's he's typically a slow starter. Uh, I think he ended up coming out and, and doing pretty much what. He, is expected of him. He had one of his best years well, in some aspects. the new 280, you know? Batting average is not uh, a big stat anymore. That's something I'm trying to wrap my mind around, all these new metrics and things like that. And, you know, some of them I think are good. Some of them I don't appreciate. I'm like, um, I'm like Chief Keefe. So I don't like. I don't. And, I, you know, I I've got it. I've I, talked I saw with, Tony Gwynn. He was a very round, fat guy who would end up slapping the ball wherever he wanted to, and he'd get to second base all the time. I've talked so. with scouts who do not like it. Um, they've seen their uh, budget absolutely just demolished and you know expected to do more with less because here's the thing, just, just computer stuff. And and I'm sorry, it you miss out on your Altuve's. You miss out on a whole bunch of different stuff if you're just looking for, well, they got to look like this. Yeah. They got to have this exit velocity, this things like that, and there's just certain things that you can't. Yeah, just, you need uh, the eye test for it. You really, really do. Um, you know, I, I've you get into situations where, and you also have to know how to deploy it. Just because you have a strategy, if yeah, you don't doesn't how to, mean that that's just the end all be all. You know, the Rangers uh, got in love with the Moneyball idea, but didn't know how to execute it. Moneyball is great if you're paying. Uh, since you chew $4 million to play in the outfield. If you're paying him $20 million. $20 million yeah, then you've missed the whole point of money. Ball. Right. Yeah. He's a great money ball player because of what he was bringing. The value that for, he had. For the cash. Not because he was a part of that right. whole operation. Yet. But what they should have done was what, what they missed out on was they paid him $20 million a season. To watch but, Nelly but, Cruz walk. But Moneyball was about... How many people can you get for under $20 million to make up for one $20 million player? That's the whole point of it that the Rangers missed, as they've missed out on a lot of things. Um, they read the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> pretty much. Typically what they miss out on every year is pitching, and this year uh, no difference except for the uh, Martin Perez Yeah, so now as far as moving forward, how do you think they need to go about bolstering this, this starting rotation? Do you think Perez is a must-have 
Because to me, if, if you have success with somebody that you currently have on your team, if you let them walk for nothing, then you pretty much, you know, it, it's, uh, it's almost a maverick situation with Jalen Brunson. Right. You know, it's like you can't just let them go. Now, I know there's compensatory picks that come with baseball in these types of situations, but I, don't, but I just think that as, as depleted, as, as limited as we are as, as options of, of starters to have, it's a necessity to have somebody like Martin Perez back on this team. They're trying to expedite the timeline of this being a playoff team. And if you're going to do that, you're going to need to pay this guy because what it comes down to is he wants to be there. Uh, there's probably not many teams out there that are going to pay what you're going to end up paying. You're looking at, I think, if you're at three and under $45 million, mm-hmm. I think you're happy with that. Okay. I think you're really happy with that. I think three and under 50, you're happy with that. Now, how does that affect the rest of our money as far as other pitches we pursue? I don't think so. you're pursuing I, – I don't think that you're pursuing anybody so else. So you're just saying that we're just going to wait for Leiter and Kumar Rocker for the next two years and just kind of – uh, you're going to have to – I mean, it really depends on what you want to do with their development. If you want to go ahead and push all your chips in, the, in because the the players that are available, you're looking – they're all on the same timeline as yeah. far as free agents go. So We're you, you can like go get Berlander. Perez, DeGrom, yeah. and, um, and uh, then you go out and get a uh, kid from Highland Park. Oh, uh, we're talking about uh... – uh, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. Say, say you go out and get DeGrom, Kershaw, and you keep Perez, mm-hmm. and you're looking at hopefully getting one of your young pitchers uh, to come in and, and, just, and work the backside yeah. within the next two years. You don't have to have it next year, but yeah. you absolutely have to but have what, it. Don't we still have Gray under contract for next season? We do. Yeah. We do. And so I think that he could be a four or five guy, and you got Perez in. To me, it's just – Gray, I, Gray showed – is, yeah. He showed He showed. Stints. They're just back-end starters, though. Right, And it's just right. like without having – and I guess what you're saying is if you know that the three – the number three guy is coming – then you're fine with Perez being a 3-4. And knowing that Gray is a 4-5, as long as you have somebody that come in there to kind of bridge that gap between a DeGrom and a Kershaw or maybe even a Verland. Well, you can't get – the thing is that all those guys, you don't want to give more than a three-year contract. Yeah. And so you're looking at, okay, maybe you get in the playoffs with your guys in the minors year one. Yeah. But you got to have you got to be making the World Series for sure in in two or three, or else you've just blown money for nothing. And now you've got hopefully your back end is turning into your front end, but you've still just spent money for absolutely nothing. Now, now, what do you think about like what about like so a Carlos uh, was it uh, Radon? He's a younger guy. Now he's been injury prone. Yes, but, uh, but he we're talking about a guy who's ten years younger than Verlander. Right. Five years younger than Kershaw DeGrom. Is it a guy you take a chance on because he's younger, or looking at what Verlander's doing? Do do DeGrom and Kershaw have more value? Because you're thinking it's like maybe they can keep it up like this guy has, or is Verlander a special case? So we're not even thinking that way. In all honesty, I think what they need to do is change what they're plan is i think what your plan needs to be is you don't plan about what you want to have happen yeah you plan about what's realistic and what's realistic is you need to go spend your money when lighter and and rocker are, are actually closer to being here because you're just pushing their development so lighter so you're saying lighter we're a year away for it from attacking this, this yes, type of least, opportunity. It's, it's like, yes, the market looks fine to where you see these names out here, but a year from now, these guys are a year older. Right. So how will it sound when these guys are coming up? Right. 
So, all right, I get that. I get so that. you just push it. You kick the can down. So we go with the Coles. We going with Cole Win, Cole Raggins, and let's get it. There you go. Because uh, let's get another draft. You need to find, you need to find out what you have there. Yeah. Why not? You also are going to end up with anywhere between the seventh and ninth pick mm-hmm. for where they finish this year. Uh, you look at a college arm there. There's a couple of guys that could go in and put a year in the minors and then after a year be ready to come Now, up do you with think that there's guys? any way the philosophy can change if, say, uh, during fall ball, winter ball, to where lighter and, and rocker aren't performing the way we like, to where somebody can be like, all right, maybe we just take a chance on an electric high school arm that's just dominating. Like, you know, now those guys, if they're that dominating, they would go top, but it just kind of seems that that's the new philosophy. It's like, if you're a college guy, then we think that you're gonna, just going to be closer to ready. I think that what you do is if you don't have a guy that you like in college that you think will be major league ready mm-hmm. very soon, then that's not the guy. Then you take the best player available. Okay. Because so even if it's it, a position guy, even if it's a position guy, uh, but I think you're more likely to see him take a position guy. Yeah. At, uh, then at take the a high school be, arm. Yeah. Then take any high school player. Yeah. Because, like I said, they have. They have put themselves on a timeline mm-hmm. that they're going to try to stick to, and I just don't know how reasonable it is by how poorly they did this year. There was no improvement. Uh, you know, you look at managers and slim pickings. It's nothing great, uh, yeah. really. Yeah. Tony Beasley. Well, let's go, Tony Beasley. Well, let's go ahead and let's get into like the other offensive improvements they can make. You know, because we're talking about possible like bats they could get in the draft, but that doesn't seem like a possibility. But, you know, we have Nathaniel Lowe, what he's done this year. Like, what he's done this year has pretty much been amazing because I want to say that he got drafted the same year as his little brother. Right. And his little brother was supposed to be the great one. Right. And now he's the one with the success. Right. You know, so – and we have a guy who's hitting – I don't know if he finished at 300. Uh, He's he's pretty close. Yeah, low. Uh, he, he, I think he should have finished he, over. Yeah, he, he should have finished over. Okay. Last I saw, he was at like three hundred four. Okay, and he was he was in contention. It would have taken a lot for him to get the batting title. Yeah, but Didn't he's out of that. that. But, but you know, Michael Young said the worst thing you can ever do is hit three hundred because now you have to do it all the time. Uh, that that is true. He had a phenomenal second half of the year. He was absolutely and to hit three hundred in today's baseball. When people tell me it's not possible, well, people don't care is the yeah. is the worst part. Yeah, of that, it. it's more they don't care and and they don't coach to hit like that anymore. So he had. A he had a great season, and that's great. If he could come in there and lock down first base, that's one less thing you have and to he's worry not, about. And he's a good glove out there, too, and that's the plus. you know, Because we always we knew coming in defensively we didn't have a problem with Nathaniel Lowe at first base. But he's shown us what he's been able to do offensively, and that was the big surprise this year. I will say if there is anything that I could say that's a positive mm-hmm. is that going into next year there's a lot fewer holes offensively on this team than I thought there would be. Okay. Uh, they figured yes. things out at catcher. Yeah, uh, and yeah, we got Jonah Heim. Even though we did get rid of Trevino, it, it looks like you know Between one of those guys. One of those guys we're going to go. Heim and Huff. Yeah, we got Heim. Huff. Huff is yeah. Uh, yeah, Mitch, you of, got Mitch Garver, and we have Garver, who's the who's the Wiley veteran, which right. is pretty much. He'll be your DH. He might catch a little bit. Yeah. Um, third base. You know, we saw some good things offensively out of Young. Uh, so, we'll, what's your expectation for Young in twenty twenty three? You know. Uh, 250, you know, decent third base, 250, uh, 25 home like, runs. You think that he's going to be in like a Rafael Devers category just off rip? Like, you know, like, do you think he, we can be, we'll be talking about him in like a top five, like to where it's like, you know, because 
there, there's a lot of guys who are getting older at that position in baseball right now. But uh, who's the young kid that they have for the Braves right now? Austin, uh, Austin Riley? Yes. Yeah, to me it's like Austin Riley's about 24, 25. They're about the same age. To me it's like I think for Riley to be a guy who was drafted a lot lower than somebody like a Jung, but I think that Riley was a high school guy. Uh, young, young's going to have to uh, stay healthy Yeah. the entire year. He's not stayed healthy ever since they've drafted him. He's not had a full year of ball. So that's uh, it's hard to project him because that's the first thing he's going to need to do, but there is absolutely nobody in front of him. Uh, they've moved around everybody behind him, so he's pretty much all there yeah, is. Yeah, he's all there is at third base. Because they've Josh moved Smith is an outfielder now. Right. But uh, Duran is an outfielder now, right? Right. So it's pretty much it's his job. It's like until he gets hurt again, and then we see him be a DH. One one good thing though is, you know, there was questions about the outfield, and mm-hmm. I think that at least nobody really stepped up and took it. Yeah, uh, Tavares looked like he was, yeah. and they really faded at the end of the year. But Duran, Smith, Bubba Thompson, Bubba Thompson you're looking was, at some yeah. guys in there that all provide some different things yeah. that you could possibly turn into a platoon situation. Yeah. The outfield with. Garcia really holding it down out there. And yeah. He came Garcia through big every time this guy. year. Yeah. 100 RBI on the season. Uh, you know, 25-25 guy. Uh, you can't ask for much more yeah. out of that. Especially, I really the- like what I saw from Tavares and Bubba Thompson this year. Especially Bubba Thompson. He's one of those guys to where it's like, yeah, you can hit 300 all you want. There's just not a space for you. We don't have a spot for you. But when he showed up, he he hit the ground running. Literally. Yeah. A terror on the base path. Yeah. And I honestly, I would have no problem if our starting outfield next year was Thompson and left, Tavares in center, and Garcia in right. Like, you know, I would like to get a bat who would be a DH slash fourth outfielder. Like, you know, like, what is uh, the guy from uh, the Mets, Michael uh, Confronto? Yeah. Yeah, that would be a nice, you know, he's a guy, like, because to me, I don't want Gallo back, and I just want to go sign some other guy before this Gallo thing becomes a thing. Well, let's but, see what we get, get what you get Gallo for before you say that. All right. Especially if batting averages all of a sudden doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> all that means, that's what GMs say. That's not what World Series champions say. But. So, basically, projected outfield, I'm with you on that, except for, uh, man, Tavares just can't keep it together. I'm not, I, I'm, if somebody makes me an offer for him, I'm ready to go ahead and move on. I don't want to hold on to him too long like I've seen them do with, too many players like Gallo, yeah, um, like other other guys in the past uh, that were guys that were deemed untouchable, like Tavares mm-hmm. has been. Yeah, I say if somebody makes you a decent offer, I, I would go. I would get rid of him. I think that you've got guys that can come in and fill his position. Uh, I think Bubba Thompson put in center field is just fine. Yeah. Um, now, how would you feel about them instead of pursuing a free agent pitcher, going the trade option? As far as because we, it seems like we have. A lot of outfielders. We have a lot of utility type of guys. We've got that, a lot that, of guys that, with that, positional. that should be in the majors by 2024 and be contributing. Like to, so, we have a glut of guys that I don't know what to do with. You got your guys. Everybody can hit, but it's like, but everybody plays the same position. It seems right. Like. Uh, you got you know Foscue is there too. Mm-hmm. You've got. Um, the Ornalis, uh, uh Wenzel. Yeah. Uh, you got, well, I, I think Wenzel, like once he had the opportunity this year, he kind of faded a little bit, but he was also, he was a guy that we drafted pr- 
fairly high. Uh, he was uh, the what, Davis Wenzel, the Baylor kid. Yeah, he yeah. went uh, the second or third round of the same yeah. year of Josh Young. Yeah. So uh, he's a, he's a highly uh, thought of guy. They've moved him around positionally. Uh, like I said, they've they've got plenty of bats to make a move. It's just how many of them do you have to ship off? And typically, somebody wants a pitching prospect in return. And well, it's unless, pretty much who's your favorite Cole? You want Cole Win? You want Cole Ragnar? Because one of them's got to go. Yeah. Like, you know, you're talking about what probably a was it Ornalis is going to have to go because he's like our youngest prospect. And, you know, if we're going to make that move next year, then. But, you know, we'll see. Because outside of us making a trade for an arm, then we probably aren't going to be. No, I didn't see anything that I really loved out of young uh, the young pitchers. Glenn Otto probably was the most impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dane Dunning, the most impressive thing about Dane Dunning was that he went out there almost 200 innings and just got his brains beat in over and over again so uh i guess mental toughness yeah he gets he, he gets the good he gets the him. honorable mention award for man are you gonna make me keep doing this hey good for him good so for him. usually usually he's the type of guy that and i don't know you know what he did to somebody usually that type of guy goes out there has those outings and they go he's got a blister on his finger and they find a right, well, way to ship him back down and yeah. work on some stuff at the minor. He just, he just kept going out there and losing. So, <laughs> basically, wrapping this up before I move on, will the Rangers contend for a playoff spot in 2023? And I think this is kind of a loaded question, but I'll let you take yeah, it. Yeah, it pretty much just matters on how they approach this offseason. And to me, if we can get – we're two aces away, so that's pretty much an easy no, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think there's such a thing as an easy – no, well, it's or sports. Yes. That's why they play the it's, game. It's, it's contend. The contend. Contend the for contend. a playoff, not make the playoffs. Yes, contend for the playoffs. Well, yeah, if, if we mean, were, if we were, if we lived in Oakland, then I'd always believe our team might make the playoffs. Right. If I lived in Tampa Bay, I'd always believe my team might make the playoffs. Will they contend? Yeah, it just depends on how bad some of the other teams yeah. are. Like, uh, will they contend? Fall, yeah. Yes. Will they be in contention if we want to look at things like, in well, September? Well, those two different things. Those two different things. Are we going to be in contention in September? No, I think we'll improve. I don't see anything. Of course. The big thing is we still don't have a manager and have any clue what route they're going to go, except for from what I'm hearing is we're going to have somebody with experience. Oh, somebody who has coached before. Right. So All right. so if you have to name one guy who has coached before, do you have a guy? You know, the name that I hear that makes the most sense, mm-hmm. if you could get him, Bruce Bochy. Bochy? Yeah. He's older, but – Larice was out the game, and he's done, done. Yeah. So if you see, to me, my whole thing, I would go a little bit younger. I'd, I'd go John Farrell, the old Red Sox GM. Okay. You know, I think he got a raw deal just because they wanted Cora because he had success with Houston, and it's like you had one bad year, so it's like, sorry, get out of here. It's kind of right. like a Doug Peterson type situation. Yeah. It's like we just we just want somebody else. It's not that we don't like you. We just like this other guy better. All right. Yeah. So, so, all right. Well, like I said, it's all going to start with manager as we move on. Other local news. The Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys. The Cowboys. Other Cowboys. Cowboys. They don't like that. Jerry would be very upset. Yeah, he with would that. be. He would be. Jerry Jones only got trumped because history was made. Yeah, Aaron with Judge. 62 that's it. home runs happening yeah. at the stadium just down the way from Jerry. See what world. happened, Jerry, when he has his uh, guys come to break our kneecaps. But the Cowboys pick up another win, a 25-point to 10 victory over the Commanders. And, you know, it was a game. It's a game. It was a game. It's a game. Um, 
that's about all I can say about it. The, the defense was good, but Commanders' offense isn't good. Um, the, probably the most disappointing thing was the running game for the Cowboys. Cooper Rush went out there and, and did what he has been doing. Uh, I'm still worried about some things. That What I'm seeing is what I've seen a lot of in the past. Now, a lot of people are giving now Mike McCarthy, who they're ready to chase out of the state after week one, is now starting to get a lot of credit for how things have gone with Cooper Rush. And we've seen this before. They've talked about it before. They've oh, just yeah. never executed it, it before. It was Romo-friendly, Dak-friendly. Well, when you have Cooper Rush out there, you have to make it Cooper Rush-friendly because you don't have the options. But – the problem we've had is with offensive coordinators who get so pass-happy that they can't help themselves from going, okay, we've run the ball a few times. Let's let it rip. Yeah, it's whenever you got quarterbacks. Quarterbacks love to throw the football. It's just a thing, especially when we're talking about these guys who grew up playing seven-on-seven. Seven. It just seems like that's the thing now. It's, it's like Madden. Nobody wants – pretty soon nobody will punt. Right. You know, pretty soon every run play will be a, a jet sweep or one of those flip plays that Aaron Rodgers does to Aaron Jones every Sunday. And coming into the season, here was the big two questions. The, big, the two things that people, everyone said and everyone pretty well agreed on needed to be cleaned up. Mm. It was penalties yes. and rush defense. And we were 3-1. and one, And you know what everyone has forgotten about? The amount of penalties they're getting and how bad the rush defense has been. Uh, yeah, the rush defense, I think that has a lot to do with – I think we have serviceable defensive tackles as far as defending the run goes. I think as far as going against the pass, we're amazing. Yeah. You know, I think that's what we're built for. But to me, like, no disrespect to Quinnen Bohannon, he's just a big body. Right. Like, you know, it'd be it'd be amazing if we could have somebody like a Jordan Davis, like the Eagles have, or like a Haloti Nada, but – we that's not part of our philosophy. We don't draft. We, we'll draft big guys that big. We'll just won't draft them that are that athletic in the top and like you know in the first round. That's just not our business. But I'm trying not, not to get lulled into believing even if they do what they did last year, which is go say um, you know 11, 12 and uh, five something like that, believing that something's going to change because the big thing that hasn't changed is they're still fairly undisciplined. They're a team that uh, doesn't do the little things and habitually doesn't do the little things. They make the little errors here and there that you've got to get that cleaned up. They just refuse to do that. And then, again, rush defense. These are things that we're supposed to have been focused on. These are the main things. Now, the one thing I – forget about it. We look at the record. We look at three and one, and we hear the thing. You are what your record says you are. And we've fallen into that trap year after year after year thinking – that we're as good as our record or better than our record and don't look You at, are what your record and, and, are and, and at what, the end of the year. And what happens at the end of the year is the things that you are bad at are the things that they exploit and the things that get you beat, the things that make you look like you don't know what you're doing. You come out, you look unprepared, and the next thing you know, you're, just, you're losing to a team you shouldn't lose to. Yeah. And you just get badly outcoached because you're too busy patting yourself on the back all season about, hey, we're getting these wins and these gutsy wins and we're all... It seems like you're trying to beat everybody the punch on this one because it's like, if we can lose these next two games and we'll be fine as the Cowboy fan base just because of what Cooper Rush has done. 
But I, I, I do get where you're coming from. I mean, I I long term, it's not even yeah, these no, next it's, two it's, games. It's, it's, it's just the, what, what's been going on. It's like, it's like, yeah, you've done that. But what happens when we start getting gashed by like good running teams? Because whenever you get to the playoffs, all you're going to go up against is teams that can run the ball well and play great defense. And it's just like we're not prepared for it. it it's. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Now, the one thing I will say is I am looking forward to seeing how the defensive line produces. No disrespect to Bohannon. He's a big guy. And, you know, whenever you see a 350, 360-pound guy, then it makes the offense have to block a certain type of way. But at the same time, I do like the way that Tristan Hill played in the preseason. You know? And, and he, there's a reason why this guy was drafted in the t- first two, three rounds of the NFL draft. Right. So I think that with him going out, that means that we're going to see more Gallimore more Tristan Hill, and I want to see if the penetration that they they bring is better than the gap stuffing that Bohannon does. Right. So basically the thing is, people were talking doomsday defense. Yeah. Can they get to – do you think that what they have, they could get to a doomsday defense level? Uh, I just – I don't think that we're strong enough in the middle. Yet. I don't think so I think either. it's like, you know, we might be a draft away. Maybe. Maybe. Or free agent signing. Or free agent signing away. Know, there's money. There's money there. They could have mm-hmm. addressed this before the season. And the late Vander S replacement away. Hey, <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. I've, I've, I've appreciated what late Vander Esch has. Well, the versatility provided. that he's shown, but to me, I just think that as much as we're going to continue to use, uh, use Micah – Inside and outside, it's almost like Van Der Esch should be there to serve as as a guy as a moving piece who moves along as Micah moves on. But I still think that we're another linebacker away for whenever we put him on the edge. Right. Until I see Jabril Cox I'm step j- up I'm and be I'm that just guy. Happy with and the fact Anthony Barr, you know, it's like Anthony Barr is a short term solution. I'm just happy with Leighton Van Der Esch coming out there and being a producer and not being a liability. I think right. he has uh, made the past two seasons. He has. Got it figured out. He's at least healthy. He's not as bad as the past two seasons. He's actually he's not a problem. I don't see any problem with what he's doing out there on the field uh, right now. But it's it's just tough when your best linebacker is spending eighty percent of the time with his uh, rushing. Oh yeah, he's playing defensive end. So it's you're, like you're looking, you, you, so your linebacker yeah. core is essentially you drafted a guy to be the next Ray Lewis or Derek Brooks, and now he's Khalil Mack. Hey man, he, hey, you he's know, dominant is what he actually. Is. I think that's disrespectful. It's baby LT. Okay. We're, we're there, right? That's what we're doing now. Uh, apparently, apparently, well, apparently, you know, Aaron Donald was the best player in football for like uh, a few weeks, and then just lost the crown. Somebody did Mike. tell me the other day. It's like, do we just forget about JJ Watt? It's oh like, yeah, JJ Watt's been done forgotten. Yeah. Been done forgotten, dude. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. Is the name of the league and. And Aaron Donald just hasn't. Well, know, to dominate a defensive tackle for as long as he's done is pretty ridiculous. Oh, it is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a shame that people yeah. have already crowned Micah. And not that oh, Micah's yeah. not fantastic, but Where the skins, man, with dog? the disrespect to yeah. Aaron Donald, it just is like, hey, man, we just forgot it. You won a Super Bowl last year. We're dominant. And, and hey, new hotness. Yeah. That's that's the new new. That's the new new. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, well, we'll be playing them this week. So he'll probably have a little chip on his shoulder to show us who. Who the realest OG is, OG triple OG. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. it's definitely you're going to hope for the best out there when uh, when you line up against him. And I think you're definitely, hey, man, it's time for the time for the old head oh, yeah. to come out and produce at the uh, the guard position. Well, you know, it's like you definitely need Jason Peters out there if you're going to yes. have Aaron Dunn out there. It's yes. like that's unquestioned. It's like. For no, it's like you're cool. It's like just worry about if something happens to the center, then you'll go in for Biotis because – that's what you're here. You're 
position versatility, position versatility. Now we'll talk a little bit more about. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, the scouting and the Cowboys a little bit? Because I know Deron Bland did end up stepping in last second for uh, Jordan Lewis. Had a had an okay game, but then he definitely sealed it off with that pick. So what do you think about his development? And um, what I think is, I think it's uh, good that it's happening. I think he's the type of guy that uh, Quinn likes, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's. He's as, short, he's as short as nobody shorter than that can walk through there playing corner on his it, watch. It, right? it's, it's a necessity because yeah. when you look at it, uh, I think it's safe to say um, we hope we were going to get Kelvin Joseph in the second round last year. We got Boss Man Fat. Yeah, we definitely and did. we got we so we drafted a rapper. That's not going to work out. No, it's not. Um, he's. Uh, this will be his last season on the team. He, he will won't, get he cut. Won't, he, won't he won't make, make this it. team next. He year. won't. Uh, yeah. Bland, Boss Bland man will fat, be and his. also what Nashawn Wright. I'm not going like, to give up on Wright. Well, I think yet that Wright because because of because if, if if Joseph were if Joseph if, were if Joseph, Joseph, not Boss Man Fat, th- then Wright would be gone. Then Wright would be gone. Yeah. But they're both not going to be able to make the team uh, next year, and it's going to be Boss Man Fat that's going to be that's going to be gone and. You know, I don't know that he gets another chance in the league. So hopefully, I've never heard his rap, but hopefully it's better than a guy who is retired uh, today from wide receiver, and that is the ever oh. mediocre <laughs> Cole Buck Beasley. Oh, knuck if you buck. Um, Been in this game for years. It's made me retire. You know. Hey, man, he's great. I don't have any th- no, he's not. Receiver. No, he's not. He's 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 a very serviceable slot. He's receiver. a he is he is a, he's a slot receiver. He is a he is a what Parcells call him. He is a mascot player. He is something, man. He is something. He's, he's something to root for. He's something to root for. No, he's not. He's not. He's he's small. He's, he's a, a chip poor, on he's his a shoulder. poor man's he's Danny a, Amendola. He's a jerk. He's small. He's with you know bars. He, he 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 plays with a chip on his shoulder and doesn't play up to the size of the chip on his shoulder. He has made. Four. Hey, he be dunking though. He's made. Yeah, great, cool. He be rapping too. Neither one of those two things impress me. What impresses me is the fact that you know he that he made over forty million dollars in this league, producing over a career. You look at he's had a couple of years. He had a couple of years, but when you look at it, this guy needs to be remembered as a guy who averaged um, under forty yards receiving a game. And under four receptions a game. Yeah, he's he's so, the number three receiver. I don't Probably know, man. I mean, at it, best, at best, you know, at his at his peak, his apex. If your number three, your if guy. your number three receiver mm-hmm. is bringing in thirty-five yards a game, how good do your one and two wide receivers need to be? Well, what sixty yards a season gets you a thousand yards, so forty yards, it's all right. He can be my little eight hundred yard. Yeah, it's all good. I don't know. I just think he's eight hundred yards for a number three. Is terribly, not bad. terribly overrated. It is a guy. He's who, an SMU guy from Little Elm who uh, who quit before he ever made the team, and then they begged him to come back, and we've and people love him. Uh, do they? I mean, I guess I, I people don't, loved him. Loved I, I him. don't. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. all. Right. I'm glad he's he could just go on and and do him. He could take care of his family, enjoy his family. Uh, he could take his. On well, the words of B. Rap from Malibu, don't be hating. Hey man, I'm sorry. I, I got nothing for him. I got nothing for him. Uh, the fact that anybody wanted him back after he trashed the entire organization when he left, then went to Buffalo and had. You think this was like a year. desperation move because he thought that the, him reaching out saying, "Oh, I'd love to play with Dak." It's like that ain't happening. 
It's like you talk too much trash, dog. You can't talk shit about Jerry. You can't. You can't. Do mean, it. You know. You, you can't. You can't if you're good. You can't. If you're, yeah. If you're good, you're not good enough for that. Yeah. You're too big of a headache. And if you thought that you were gonna like, let's be honest. The best ability is availability, and that's what got Amari Cooper gone. Yeah. Is the fact that he went unvaxed, got yeah. got the vid. It's like and ain't lost you showing up at Maverick games like. Like courtside, and that's that's a problem, like, yeah, man. Yeah. That's a problem. Don't be that guy. It'd be one thing if it's like if if we saw you show up in like this like bubble like hazmat suit to where you're taking every other precaution, and you're just afraid of needles. You know, when you when you but, call in for work, don't be caught at the mall, man. True. That that's that's rule number one. If you if I ever called in from work and I was sick, it I'm wasn't. Like, I'm sick, an Amazon everything. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at home. I'm like, this is a home day. This yeah. is a home day. I'm not gonna be going out and shopping. Instacart's or amazing. Like that, so is Amazon. No. 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 Hey, you know, Instacart, you can get stuff from Dick's Sporting Goods. Ooh. Yeah, I've actually been on a vacation and got swimming trunks for my jacuzzi. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Instacart. All right. Give me money. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man, that, that online shopping, I love it. It is dangerous, man. I, I've Since I've been uh, my days, near the days at home, man, the Amazon guy. Bro, I've noticed how much the, look, the Amazon man, guy crazy. spends at my house and i'm like okay look it's uh it's one of those things i remember like probably about 10 years ago i'm like hey if i stay out of the bar then i'll just stay at home and i won't spend any money <laughs> no amazon is crazy whenever i stay at the house that money gets spent yeah the money, money gets, gets spent, spent because then you say well hey man i'm saving this I'm, I'm saving well this. or i'm not spending more than i would be at the bar so yeah. it's a watch yeah, so it's, it's a, a watch. watch so it's now it's just like i saved 50 dollars. yeah pretty much yeah so congratulations so, save 50 bucks looking back at uh through the first four weeks with this would be a quarter of the season normally yeah yeah but now we're going 17 games mm-hmm. has cd lamb has he met your expectations I would say yes, and I think that even Michael Gallup's presence being out there just let him be that guy because it's hard to just be all by yourself and be the only receiver, the only threat out there to where if they're going to throw Dennis Houston out there and Noah Brown out there, no defensive coordinator is going to respect that. Right. Not at all. So it's like all the attention is going to be on CD. So I think that him having the big game the week before and then just have the back-to-back performances, and not necessarily big games, but you know he's getting in the end zone. And we're playing a conservative offense right now without Dak Prescott. So we're playing safe football, but he's still being productive. So, and, and you know, he's catching his targets. Right. Uh, what I need to see from him going into next season, what I'd like to see is, I'd like to see him take some, like, karate classes. Oh, yeah? Work on them hands? Work on them hands. It's that judo. Hand fighting. Krama guy. I'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight, put on some strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, I mean, I think he's got all the ability in the world. Um He's just got to, I mean, got to stay focused. You got to stay laser focused. It's stuff happens yeah. from time to time. And with me, like I, I, like I said. I'm not going to hate on yeah. him for the to one me, drop wide open yeah. thing. That's not it. It's it, more of the. And I think like I think we both talked about it last week. It's like we'll get the true evaluation once Dak does come back. Right. You know, so because, you know, once Dak comes back, we're going to throw the ball probably a third, like, you know, a quarter to a third more times than we do right now. Yeah. So. I don't know, but I kind of like this football, like the winning, boring old school Ohio State type of football. But it wins you games. Right. But it's like, but why is it whenever you have a different quarterback, now you take stupid chances and you shoot yourself in the foot? So right. It's almost like now, is it is it even Dak's fault that y'all, cause that y'all call these dumbass plays when he's in there? But now, but apparently you can coach to a W whenever he's not in there. So, I don't know. 
they're going to try to do things that they think Dak's good at. We're going to move, you know, Dak's best when he's, you know, on the on, on the move. Best out of the play action. He's best out of the this. this but basically, just disguise things. Yeah. Just, Here, here's the big thing is Cooper Rush takes a lot of snaps under center. Yeah. You need to take more snaps under center because guess what? You're not good at running the ball out of shotgun. You're not. You're not, not at all. Um Hey, swing passes, that's all fine and dandy. You can throw one of those everywhere. That's one of those things. Slip screens. Yeah, you know, slip screens. There's some things Why just Why don't build. we ever run a slip screen? You know, how many times I see Aaron Jones score a little one-yard touchdown? Just running right here. Just th- flip it right up to him. Why can't you get my man Zeke? It's like everybody talks about how Pollard's such a great receiver. Everybody talks about how Zeke is – it's like how can we don't run this simple-ass play that every other team in the NFL seems to run but us? Uh, they could go to add some West Coast swag, West Coast offense swag to this, where it's like, hey, man, you don't got to go deep. You can take short stuff deep. Yeah. It'd be just fine. And I would like to see some more of that. I would like to see, you know, don't get cute. Yeah. Don't, no. don't, get, don't get too cute yeah. for things. I mean, one but of the I think, but when you, I guess maybe this. when you're running games that ugly, you, you can't get cute. Well, that is true. Uh, if If you can't, uh, rush the if you can't have an effective run game when they've got you know seven guys in the box you can't do it. I mean because yeah. the, that's the the biggest way to beat Dak in the Cowboys right now is with Dak at quarterback and dropping mm-hmm. guys in coverage. Yeah, because like any he, game that Zeke is he, extremely ineffective. If there's no running game, then it's pretty much over. Now, one thing I am curious about is uh, we get ready for the return. Of Prescott, I don't think it's going to be this week. Yeah, because uh, what? Because the next two weeks we have the Rams and we have the Eagles. I think it's going to be the Eagles when he returns. Um, is now? Do you think win or lose that Dak should be press should be the quarterback against the Eagles? It's not a win or lose thing. Yeah. It's a can he can he can, can he, he grip it? the football? Can he grip the football? Yeah. Is, can he throw the football with the same thing? Uh, what's the risk if something happens? I mean, it, would an extra week off be beneficial, or does it not matter? Those are the things. I don't think it's a it's a win loss record thing. Anything to do with that? Because uh, if the swelling's down, and he can grip the football. Then why not throw him out there? Right. I mean, he's going to give you a better chance to win than Cooper Rush. Let's be honest. He's better than Cooper Rush. Yeah. They are running a different offense with or Cooper Rush than what they are with Dak Prescott. And people are running different defenses against Cooper Rush than they are uh, Dak Prescott. But he could beat a defense. One of the big things I'm most interested in is, is Dak seems to, has said that he has figured some things out. Mm-hmm. That having the headset on. Oh yeah, well mental reps, mental reps are priceless. And for so a he thinks that the if game has slowed way. down for yeah, him. I believe. And it. I that's the thing I'm waiting to see. I'm hoping. I'm hoping because uh, that's where his biggest regression has been is has been diagnosing coverages uh, and things or maybe, like that. Or, or to me, even I would even say it's safe to say that even when the play breaks down, that maybe he'll. Throw it away before he normally would, or he—he's afraid to go for that first down now because he's, you know, he's thinking about that injury still. Because as healthy as the doctors can say you are, how how mentally ready are you for somebody's coming for that leg again? Right, like, and especially after that cartilage pop thing, yeah. which I'm like, that doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard of before. Cartilage pop. 
okay, I, I, I've never heard of that, which was an injury thing that he came into week one with. Yeah. But here's the thing. You're gonna, hey, he's going to have to get over it. You're paid, bro. You're paid. Yeah. So what? So what, what, what? What's the problem? Well, the thing I don't is, want to see some of this stuff like Michael Finley, where I got broke off. Now I'm a now I'm a jump shooter. You got paid to go to the rack, son. It's guaranteed. That's a terrible contract, but who so, gave but, up on well, it? Well, here's the thing. I just don't want this to be like a Russell Wilson type of situation where we're rushing it. Because to me, it's unnecessary it's, right now. Yeah, it's unnecessary right now. And to me. I, even just looking at him trying to hold the ball last week, but you know, swelling can go down in a week, and then. But to me, it's like once the swelling go down, goes down, don't you need to throw the football for a week? Now that the swelling's down, then we can see. And I think I would I would feel comfortable if we if we end up beating the Rams, and I'm sitting deck against the Eagles regardless. Or or in a situation, I would activate him and just right. see how it fake goes. football. Mm-hmm. You every everybody you get at the beginning of the year they. Or before the year, they release the schedule, mm-hmm. and you in your mind, you look at it, and you go, okay, game one, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's back, probably going to take a loss on that. So we're 0-1. Ooh, defending Super Bowl champs. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, we're I don't better know. than we're, we're, yeah. we're 0-2 there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, now, Giants. Yeah. Commanders. Rams. Uh, we're probably going to take a loss at the Rams, defending yeah. Super Bowl champs. And then you look at the Eagles. And it's and, like, that's who we're think, fighting for the think, division. And you think last year, you yeah. go, oh, Eagles. Uh, I think we got them. And so, well, you know, I, so honestly, I honestly, I think I made a bet. I, I, or I advised somebody when I was in Vegas one of these two times, two times this past year, to go ahead and bet on the Eagles to win the division. Just because there's a different division champ in the NFC East, mathematically, you know, it would just work out. For you, I'm not saying that the Cowboys won't make the playoffs as a wild card and end up beating the Eagles in the playoffs, which is something I would love more than them just even winning the division. I love to beat you after winning the division. I hope you beat us twice. We beat you in the in the, in the playoffs. That would be amazing. I would love to call my friends in Philadelphia to rub it in. But I think that if you looked at it, you looked at teams improving as opposed to getting worse. I think if you looked before the season mm-hmm. and, and said, okay, after six games, you're going to be 3-3. Three and three. You look at those first six games – You'd be like, okay, I understand that. We swept the NFC, and then we lost to um, a team that was in the championship uh, round of the NFC, the uh, Super Bowl winner, and the Super Bowl runner-up. Yeah. And you'd say, okay, we lost those three games. And you wouldn't have any problem with it. So I think if you go in and if you go into Philadelphia – Three and two, and you take an L at Philadelphia. You're three and three. I don't think it's panic button at all, right there. Yeah, I just, I've, I've, I've just broken my thumb before, and it's like, it, it's like, it'll be better. Like every every week, it'll be better than it was the week before. Like it won't be straight till next season because as soon as he hits it on anything else, it's gonna be bad again. His hand will be bad. So to me, it's like just let it get as healed up as possible, and let's well, just where roll. Well, do we even understand, even understand really where he broke his thumb? Uh, I'm not exactly sure because but from I, what my understanding is, where he broke his thumb is the place where you would want to break your thumb. Nobody wants to break their thumb. Well, but I mean, <laughs> as far as if you look at a hand and stuff like that, you're like, okay, that would be a real bad place. Yeah, that'd be a real bad place. That'd be a better place. That'd be a better place. It's, so I don't know. It's yeah, you want to be able to grip the football. I don't. I don't want to be one of those guys who's like saying, "Well, 
Michael Gallup needs to be out there, even though he tore his ACL on Christmas. Now, that's that's the thing that I thought. The, him, him coming back for week one, I thought that was just oh, hey, a ridiculous crazy. thing. It's like, and to me, anybody even suggesting they should be back before that should just be based off the fact that he decided not to go on to the IR. And outside of that alone, everybody, to me, has been an asshole approaching this situation, <laughs> especially a guy who's, I've torn, you know, I've torn this, torn that. Well, let's, let's be honest, man. Let's blame it on Cam Akers, man. Cam Akers put some unrealistic expectations out there for people. And, and you he's know been what? terrible. Right? He's been terrible. Uh, he, now, now what? James Robinson, same injury. Been amazing. Who would have thought that if you just waited instead of drafting Cam Akers in the in the third round like I did? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad news. Bad. So, looking at the Rams, what do you think? I, you think uh, there's a chance? You think? Uh... Oh man, the thing is, I don't believe in Matt Stafford at all. Right, and but I got, think that uh, my hate for Matt Stafford offensive... powers him. I think it powers him to like defeat my team. He has done that. He has. Uh, he has done that. Yeah, and you know, I just, I just, I'm just so. So upset with the Rams' performance this year that this will be the game that Cam Akers goes off. And Matt Stafford looks like good Matt Stafford. But to me, to be honest, if you're a Rams fan, are you mad that you don't have Jared Goff right now? Or you're like, nah, we don't like Jared Goff. We'll never go back on that. Never. Yeah. You got to win. You got a Super Bowl win. Yeah. And you gave up a lot of draft picks. All right. We'll we'll wait till Detroit uses all those draft picks and see who they get from that. You don't think that everybody at DFW, Jerry Jones included, if he could guarantee one more Super Bowl before he died, would not trade the house. I it just, would be a Ricky Williams type trade, a Herschel Walker like trade. My, I mean, my, I guess my argument is like if you could win it with Matt Stafford, you could have won it without. I don't know. I'm a hater though. That yeah, that is some. That is hey, some, hey, that is, hey, that hey, is hey, some, hey, uh, straight out of some, some hardcore. Hey, hate that, right is, that is non Dallas bias information right there. <laughs> now, see the keys of the game That's right Highland here for Park me bias. is. is you got to be attacking. They're they've got they're down to fourth string yeah. linemen. So you got to attack. You got to keep the pressure on. Uh, somehow you got to find a way to corral Cooper Cup. Don't and not get. I like gashed. that alliteration. <laughs> there you go. Not around. Not allow um, a subpar running attack. Don't make. Don't their let. Run, don't th- let them break out against you. Yeah. Don't. This make shouldn't them be look their good. breakout performance. Don't make them look good. Yes. It's all about how good your defense plays, and that's it. All you got to do then is. Hey man, move the ball a little bit, keep good field position, don't turn the ball over, and I think that you're going to be good. Take what the defense gives you, have good field position, don't turn the ball over. I think those are pretty much the offensive keys. We had and then defensively, de- attack their line, don't let a subpar defense, and find a way to not let Cooper Cup just go absolutely wild. Well, I think that we're fine just because we have Trayvon. Like, at least on one side of the field, depending on how we decide to defend this. Because I'm just – he'll get a pick. I'm not saying he ain't going to give up 150. Yeah, I was about to say, well, he'll get a pick on the first time that he pulls the single move. Now, that double move, when he's going for that same pick the next time, and Cooper is out there all by himself. He's going to hit him with that footwork. I mean, because – that's what Trayvon Diggs, man. Trayvon Double Diggs. It's like that's like you that's like the, move on that's, Trayvon that's Diggs. The, it's, it's, that's the worst matchup for for him in the NFL. Now, probably. now I will say this though, uh, well, you know, Pro Football Focus and everything, they put all these grades out, and everyone just dogged a guy who had 11 picks the season before. Here's the thing: I watched all those games, mm-hmm. and what they're not doing is they're doing a great disservice to him. There are times where they're like, "Wow, he got really beat." It's like. 
you don't think that he didn't know he that was going on oh, there? He jumped he gave, he, Well, no, he gave he gave away coverage to the safety yeah. who blew the coverage. So it's like if he doesn't have safety help, then that's what happens. Well, he yeah, he wasn't supposed to stay with the guy the entire the entire way. He was supposed to give him up to the safety. So it's it's almost and so it just me, looks like, like he just got beat the one, on around. The one comparison I would make it to is like so JJ Watt. He had unreal numbers certain years as far as deflecting footballs. So every time he didn't get a deflection, if there's a counterplay ran the other way, I don't hear everybody talking about, hey, if J.J. Watt didn't – if he just ran the play the way it was supposed to be ran instead of trying to shoot the gap to get a sack or shoot the gap and jump up and make a swat, it's like – so now he's a bad football player, but nobody cared about PFF during those years. Right. So it wasn't a thing that people would bring up. So it's – it's to me, I've PFF – I. I would like if you're looking at Trayvon Diggs, look at the coverage rating. Don't look at the overall because I don't care that he's a 22 at, at, at defending the run and sacking the quarterback. But that's all rounded into whatever his average is on PFF. Doesn't matter to me. It's like I get it. Jalen Ramsey, look how big he is. He's going to be a better overall cornerback because he's a bigger guy. He can hit. He can hit more. He can play in more spots. You can line him up at safety in certain positions. You can put him at the nickel in certain positions. Trayvon Diggs is kind of like an outside corner, and that's kind of his thing. It's going to be interesting to see that matchup right there, CeeDee Lamb versus Jalen Rams. Jalen Rams is taking it on the chin a little bit this year to start things off. But what do you say? So you're going with Rams? Uh, you know what? Rams, I will go with the Cowboys I, to cover. No, no, no we're not doing better. We're not, not doing any better. Just, just straight right. up. Who do you think? Rams, Cowboys. I think Rams by three. You think Rams are there? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are gonna get this done. I don't think they're gonna fall into a trap game here. What I think is gonna happen is I think they're gonna go in overconfident in uh, Philadelphia, and I don't think that the game plan is gonna quite uh, work out. Okay. I, I I think they'll get the win here. Uh, I'm just the Rams have just been disappointing. Yeah, with. Uh, Yes, I mean Allen Robinson. I, ooh, I mean they've got the offensive line has not been good, but the defense but hasn't. We've been, been that saying good. that about Alvin Robinson for the past few years, and we just kept blaming every quarterback. He, hey man, he keeps every other year he does something seemingly. I, you know, he's enough enough for somebody else to give him pretty money. much, pretty much. Yeah. Well, so we do have J. Ron Curse coming back, so that'll help. That'll help. That'll I help mean. Us. Like I said, the defense isn't anything I'm worried about. All right. Do you want to touch? Anything I'm worried about. Want to hit the rest of the NFL? Let's go ahead and do that. Go around the league. Yeah, yeah. So, week four. There was some uh, some stuff that happened there. There's a lot of stuff that happened. A team that most desperately needed to make the win column and did. I got the, I Vegas, man. Vegas got the. Yeah, first I win. think Vegas needed it the most just because you can't spend that much money in the offseason to go get like you know every. For the most part, we all know as football fans that teams are built through defense and your front seven, and y'all decide to go out of your way to reunite college best friends. Just It's like, and we're talking about guys that have like $60 million between the two of them. It's like they need it. That locker room needs it. That team needs it because I don't know how long. Because they paid, they just paid Devontae Adams, but that might make Derek Carr expendable. Because they're like, yeah, we might draft a guy. Don't let us. Please, don't be in a position to get uh, Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud because then he's gone. What I don't understand is, is they've got God. I mean, you know, he saves all of his money on haircuts and puts it into the football team. What? Oh. <laughs> Mark, oh, Dave, Mark, oh, Dave, Mark Davis. Davis. Mark Davis is probably the perfect owner in the NFL. 
He he's, just wants to win. He, he wants to win. Yeah, he, he's willing to pay the money. He stays out of your way. But the problem is he doesn't have anybody advising. He needs a general manager over him. It's, he needs and the thing is, him it's almost like he went and got Gruden because he had a relationship with Gruden. He had a relationship with Gruden. Hey, my, this guy, hey, this is a draft guy. This is a guy who, who knows oh, stuff about like the draft. It's like he watches TV like us. Yeah, why wouldn't this work? It's, it's like, yeah, you know why? Because it's the Fired Footballs so, Association. So, it's their fired So he goes and he does the other thing that a, fa- a casual fan we'll draft all the Alabama and Clemson guys. That'll work. Because I'm one of those guys who says every year Alabama could be- beat the worst team in the NFL, and Mike Mack just showed us wrong. You could combine Alabama and Clemson together on one team, and they will still lose to an NFL team. Facts. Right. So what does he do now? He's like, okay, well, I'll take the top offensive assistant off the top. You know, we'll do it the Patriots way. We'll Have you in- been in a coma? It's like this don't work. <laughs> it's another New England assistant who's gone out there and failed. So, I mean, he's doing everything that you want to do as far as, hey, hey, we'll we'll make this trade. Yes. We'll give an insane amount of money to this wide receiver. We'll, we'll pay this. We'll do this. We'll let you draft, overdraft guys, underdraft guys. It'll stay out of it. Well, you know, but he's got he to ain't going to fire himself, so he'll be all right. Right, but he's got to, what he's got to do is find somebody to be in charge of him. Yes. And say, okay, here's what you – Here's what you need to do, Mark. Find a guy. Find a you don't need. To He's find a guy that needed Doug Peterson more than he needed Josh McDaniels. He doesn't, like, need, he doesn't even need Doug Peterson. What he, he needs, needs is a real GM. No, he needs a team president. He needs to go out and get a Mike Holmgren. Like, hey man, I hey, don't need it. Why don't you steal G- Willie McClay and give him a promotion? <laughs> you need some guy Will even McClay. further yeah. up than a general manager. You yeah. need a team president who could hire a general manager who had it. And go have, from the have top. a philosophy right. set in place from the top to here, and, and, and uh, yeah. then you could go have your hands free and let your football people who know football do football. Um, I think actually, if if it could work, um, and depending on what Belichick wanted to do, would he just finally him and Kraft go their separate ways? That would be a position that would be a Belichick thing, like what Holmgren is. Like, hey, man, you're done with coaching, just but you don't want to step, place and just... step away from the game? Well, cool. Here's what you do then. Here's you could be above the general manager and you let the orders flow down. And as long as you've and got for, people For all we know, maybe that's do. what they're preparing for. And that maybe that's why they have McDaniels there is because they're prepared to make a move for Belichick to have like a higher level up there. Because outside of that, it made zero sense. To make that higher, because I think that what uh, what was it, Rich uh, Basachi was that his name? Yeah. Basachi, Basachi, Basachi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the what what he did with that team that was in disarray, like with everything that happened with the coaching situation, with the Henry Rugg situation. When just, you hire when you hire a coach and everybody around and everybody on your team goes. Big, big thanks to Masashi for everything. Yeah, that's the guy that they run through walls for. And, that's the guy that every and that was that that started off everything on the wrong foot when they announced the hiring of Josh McDaniels and everybody. The, everything that the players said was, "Well, Bishy coach Masashi." Yeah, uh, that's, that, that's that's the that's home. Bad. That's the that's home. Bad. That's bad. you know, especially when you have a young team at that point. So a lot of those guys, when they come up, they have to go through special teams. So they develop relationships with this guy. So maybe that's why they play as hard as they did because all those, all those guys that beat out the Clemson and Alabama guys got their opportunities through special teams to get that to get that position, like a Max Crosby to beat out a Kellen Farrell to where you know Max 
Max Crosby representing DFW. <laughs> so right. we had uh, we had a couple of young players on Sunday. One step up, one step out. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett is the first. I can't believe it. First quarterback first to quarter- ever run for two touchdowns in their first. Well, I was I was going to go with the, the fact that how long has it been since you know. This is Didn't the first Slash rookie. Quor- this is the first rookie quarterback to play this season. Oh yeah, well he's only first round pick, so nobody's gonna. Well, well, but he's still, not the first. I, mean, I thought no. Uh, I want to say that Willis got into a game when they were getting smashed. Uh, the Titans were getting smashed. He got into a game. Did he? Okay. I thought he was the first one to come in and play. No, no. Okay. But no, Kenny Pickett. He's yeah, but he's the first to score a touchdown. Hundred percent completion rate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they catch the ball too. Yeah, they catch yeah, the they ball catch, too. Hey, the didn't, the ball did not touch the ground <laughs> once. It did not. Three interceptions. Hey, but hey, those ten, those ten completions. Look, the the kid looks like uh, looks like he got something there. Possibly, you know, a young gunslinger. Yeah, you know, the first thing I ever heard about Kenny Pickett was uh, I believe he took over for Nathan Peterman, one of the worst NFL quarterbacks Ooh. in NFL history. So it's like, so th- this young guy takes over as a freshman. Then you hear about him. During the spring, to where the they're like, oh, he didn't throw a pick all spring, not in practice, not in a scrimmage, not in anything. And I was like, all right, I think I drafted him in my college fantasy football league. Yes, I'm that big a nerd. I'm that big a nerd. But I did draft him, and I think he threw like two picks in that game. And I'm just like, yeah, let me wait on this Kenny Kenny Pickett hype. And you know, he finally developed into that guy they were saying he was. But they've been seeing it in Pittsburgh for a while, so I guess it makes sense for him to be a Stealer. So we'll see. It's going to be the uh, the Pickett to Pickens show. Uh, it looks like it really, it really could be. Uh, that's could be the future there. Hey, Obviously, maybe somebody needs to make a play for Claypool because he looks like the odd man out. He's a he's a weapon. He's shown that he can be a weapon. I think they trade him. I think they trade him oh. right now easily. I think they trade him this season either for a pick or hell, what they really need. Packers, offensive what you line, doing? Offensive Packers, line what help. you doing? Offensive line help. Yeah. Packers, Packers, what are you doing? I don't know. Packers, if they're smart, what they need to be doing is they need to be the team to call Odell Beckham. Well, hey, they need to call Odell Beckham. They need to call the Steelers for Claypool. They need to call the Jets for Denzel Mims. So they need to. They need. They need a stat. They need. A, they need a crew. It really is a, yeah. a shame what, it's like, what they've and, done and, and with, the, is, with, with with Aaron Rodgers. And, it's, and, and this is the problem that he has with the organization that he talks about every year is they don't give me the weapons. They don't give me the weapons, and you hear him say this every year. It's like. And now they usually cut – it's like they'll cut some guy that nobody knows, but he's just upset. It's like, y'all won't even let me keep this guy. Like, so I, I get I get his his reason to not trust that. But at friend. the same time, you know what has happened with them has happened with the Cowboys. And what I've seen a lot of the Cowboys this season has been, are we right as, you know, fake analysts and fans or are they right? Or are they are we right and they lucky? As far as, as 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 things that have happened, like well, we didn't need to sign a, another wide receiver. We got Noah Brown here. Now, and the, the that, Noah and Brown. That works. We we don't need to do. We don't really need any offensive line yes. help because. You know, hey, oh, Tyron Smith goes down. It's okay. We got Tyler Smith. Yeah. And then these things. The thing they, is, you lucked out that, with Jason Peters. Like, you lucked out with that. Well, is it lucky or is it? Or, or we, do we, they actually we, know what they're doing? And I tend to go more with the fact that they get 
majorly they lucky. lucky as hell. Lucky, like, lucky, yeah. lucky. And I think it's the same thing no with s- the Packers, which makes yeah. them keep doing the same thing over and over again. Because they have, they have quarterback success. Quarterback, This quarterback to the next, quarterback to the next. Like, There's you know. nothing about... Uh, we're talking about from Brett Favre, what, 30 years ago till now, they have had nothing but quarterback success. Right. Great and, quarterback. And, and one wide receiver. Yeah. Well, well, well actually, you know what? Shannon. Sterling, Wait, Sterling Super- Sharp. Was well, it? no, but I mean like oh. one per, per year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Except okay. for when they won the Super Bowl and you had Randall Cobb. You had uh, what? They had Greg Jennings on this the last Super Bowl year. Was, was that- Jennings? Was it Cobb Jennings? And was that pre Jordy? No. All right. Jordy got a Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. So um, other other than that, I mean, you're looking at Devontae Adams and, and just one guy and the guys that are like, okay, you could find better than that anywhere. Um, Lazard or Valdez Scantling never looked like guys that were going to be no, the answer. They're tall guys. They're That's tall all guys, they fast guys. They're not guys. They who went catch one draft. Footballs. It's like let's just draft a whole bunch of six four guys. They're not guys who catch footballs. It's a, it's a guy who like maybe he's the guy that made the Vikings draft Randy Moss. So now he just drafts six four guys. Yeah, they're just I don't know. They're just not they're just not good wide There's receivers. No, yeah, they're not. They're they're okay wide receivers. Like Man. looking at, at what they've done through the draft. What pretty much you got Jordy Nelson, like Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson. I guess you could say Antonio Freeman before that, but it's like you have to go to like. Like you have to go back to Brett Favre type of guys, and I think that Greg, Greg James was a bridge guy. So I don't think that they've actually done Aaron Rodgers any type of services as far as like building a core. Because it's fa- the fact that Romeo Dobbs is a fifth round pick and he's stepped in and just been like, all right, I Christian. That, fact, it's like and the fact that they drafted Christian Watson to show that this guy loves six four receivers. The fact that they just don't supremacists. The, the fact that the year after year there've been guys when they've had, when they've struggled, they're big guys who are like, I want to play for the Packers and they just go, No, we're good. No, we're no, fine. No, no, don't like, worry about it. And no. it's almost like they want to punish Aaron Rodgers for taking money. And there's guys that that are available. I mean, they could have they'd have been so much better off. Don't get me wrong, he ended up retiring. But going after uh, you know, uh Dude from a uh, little dude F- SMU, uh, Manuel Sanders. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Manuel Sanders still has to tread on the tires. He'd have been better my in dog, that system. That's my dog. Um, but you know, while uh, you know, getting back on the picket thing, picket maybe gonna try to save the Steelers' season and uh, Dolphins. Can theirs be saved? Man, this whole two of things a little messed up, and we were just touching on the injury situation in the NFL right now, to where. And who knows? I know that the NFL was actually going to talk to Tua today about what has actually gone on with him, with these doctors. So I guess the true story will come. Well, actually, if it's going to Goodell, we'll never know. What <laughs> That's true. That's true. If it's going to Goodell, he'll we're, burn we're, the tape. Right. We're, he'll, we, bra- we, he'll break Tua's phone before he leaves. We, we, we won't know what's going on with that. Um, I don't believe people are blaming Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels is a young coach. No, Mike McDaniels is not, not the type that. of guy who is going out there and putting somebody in the position to get injured. No. Um, I think I, th- I think the the doctors, the whoever got fired is a scapegoat. I don't believe that that's the – because to me it's like, look, I'm pretty sure that's the assistant to the head guy. That's not the guy guy. Right. You know, unless somebody's snitching. Yeah. But, but it's proper snitching in this type of situation. We're talking about – like, you know, it's never – you never like to see anybody when when you see your hand, their hands start to do that type of stuff. It reminds me of remember Javid Best. I think, uh, <sighs> yeah, he had one of those bad head injuries where you just see his hands clench up, and you're like, oh, all right, I well, don't know. They, they don't mention this, and this is something that I've heard, and I 
I'm not a doctor. I don't even watch procedural doctor shows. I'm not interested in medicine. I'm not interested in anything like that. You know, give me some law and order stuff. Okay, but I don't like medicine. I, you know, my old lady, she eats all that stuff up. She's like, maybe I'm feeling like this. Maybe it's this that happened. I don't care. I ain't the one. I don't. I don't care. Now, but with that being said, so I don't know if this is possible. What I've heard is the big thing with those fingers mm-hmm. is that that is not necessarily indicative of just a concussion. That that is a seizure. Yeah. And that if you want to look at what's appropriately done at that point in time, that we're talking about multiple, multiple weeks of being out. Not only multiple weeks, but the fact that he should not be having a driver's license right now. Yeah. He should not be driving himself. That the effects of that are so far that, you know, you're looking they, at, oh, well, concussion. He's passed concussion protocol. Now, this, this protocol. is something this else is, now. This, this is, is something, something else now. This is something else different. now. We're talking about, like, head trauma. Right, We're right. talking about head trauma. And so you cannot go concussion protocol on that. And that when you get the figures like that, that that's not concussion. That you are having a seizure at that point in time. And that once you do that, you don't want to keep having those seizures. So th- you've this is a situation be where this man should be on IR right now while we evaluate him for these four weeks. If, it's like if, if, if what I've heard on that is true, yes. then yes, 100%. Like it's like, we, like this guy shouldn't be back. This guy shouldn't since, be behind the wheel of a car yeah. is the big thing. If he shouldn't be behind the wheel of the car for the safety of the public, then he should not be behind the wheel of a car or – or, driving yeah, but, a football team. Yeah, he shouldn't be behind. Yeah, he shouldn't be behind the center taking a snap, or he shouldn't be at practice. Like you know, yeah, this guy should be at home getting, you know, just trying to live a normal life. All right, uh, so we'll right. we'll be hearing about that at nauseum for for a, a time ago. They've already ruled him out. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a non-story right now. What's going to be picked up a story again is the week after when it's okay. You've done all you need to do for a concussion. Now, I'll tell you what I have had before, mm-hmm. uh, and I never understood it until I had one, a major concussion. Yeah. And you talk, I'm talking like, you know, if I went to bend down to tie my shoes, you're talking vertigo, mm-hmm. get dizzy, stuff like that, um, sleeping all the time. It's a severe concussion. I mean, I understand how you could be out multiple weeks now this is uh, something else which i think it is or it should be treated as such i don't feel like that the dolphins are such a dominant team yeah that you risk this guy and this franchise if you think that they are what they are it'll be there next year yeah you know you beat the bills once. Is, do you think you, you, you and think you know and y'all, y'all pay teddy bridgewater now let's show why you pay teddy bridgewater if you have these weapons then, then, you know, he should have some success because he did carry the Saints to the playoffs that year when Breeze got hurt. So that's why you sign him. That's why he's there. So we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens with that situation. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, we'll be looking at that. But, you know, let's talk about these uh, games to look forward to this week. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't look forward. I don't oh, look yeah? forward to Thursday Night Football. There's got nothing for me. And that's Jonathan not Taylor out. 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 That's my dude in two leagues. Two leagues. Um, and I don't got no Jonte Williams time. out. So you got two starting running backs no. not in the game. You got two quarterbacks who have moved to a new team looking to revive the team 
and they have not done it. It's Russell be- Wilson, who I mean, it's it's a coin flip depending on who you ask. Who has been worse, Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan? I guess the you answer base is Matt off, Ryan. Yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, I guess you base it off record at that point. So I guess you're going to have to roll with Russell Wilson. So it's a bad Thursday night game, which is a shame because so, we've, yeah. we've been actually for the first time I think since the invention of Thursday night football mm-hmm. have actually been on a run of great Thursday night yeah. football. This ends now. It's yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, not going to be pretty. But and yeah, with Taylor out, I don't know how that how that running game is going to look for the Colts. It's one of those things that Naheem Himes, whenever he looks good, he's good when somebody else is going off. It's like oh, I'll make a play too. You know what I'm saying? So I'll get like a 50 yard touchdown run, whether it's a reception or a run. And I'll. Sh- but it's one of those things that anytime he plays, it's almost like they just use him more in the passing game. It's, it's one of those things, like, it seems like they've just used Jonathan Taylor more as an all-around back. But I'll look forward to it. But Denver should be set up to win this. They're at home. You know, they lost their running back, too. But they've got Melvin Yeah, they got Gordon, Melvin Gordon. They, 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 have, they have one Murray. of the better insurance policies in football um, as far as Like I said, they're at home. But they, and Russell Wilson has been eh, better than Matt Ryan. Yeah. So, I think Denver's going to get the, the win there. And Denver's going to have just, I'm just been I, lucky. Now, is this one of those things are. that where you would – are you blaming Russell? Are you blaming Nathaniel Hackett? Is this a combo? Yes. I think <laughs> Everybody's I think to blame. Everything has John been. Elway, you too. I think that they just went in there and looked at Denver's team last year and thought, they were hey, here man, trying to do some Rams stuff. That's Russell Wilson away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, yeah. We, we, we Copycat are, league. We are this away. And we just, and they just got it. And we're just yeah. like, all right, we good. We good. What about some hand signals? We needed to, now, man, I'm just nah, going to nah. use the ones that I use in Seattle. All right, man, tell the other guys that then. Cool. You know, and, and it just hadn't been. It's almost like y'all need, y'all should have found your coach before you made that move. Well, yeah, I think but, they, yeah, uh, it, it had been good, and I, you know, I think this is a one and done hacking season. I don't think there's anything going to save that guy, uh, aside from really making a AFC Championship uh, run. And, yeah. and like he has to knock off, he has to knock off like you got to knock off a Herbert, like uh, Allen. A Jackson. It's like you gotta beat one of those guys for you to survive. Yeah, it's a long, it's a long. And even just saying that, it's like, nah, you done. Long you road done. to home. You done. Coming you're up, you're uh, done, son. We're back in, uh, back across the pond, back in London, um, New York Giants games, versus man. Green Bay. I hate the London games. You hate getting up early. Hey, because I get up early every day. I don't want to get up I early. Hate, I, I agree with you. What I hate is I hate streaming. I hate I hate all the streaming of the stuff. Oh, I'm I cut the cord a long time ago. I don't even have cable. I got I got Hulu Live, baby. Well, let's say I, I mean, got that Prime, baby. Yeah, I you know I'm fine with that. Hey, look, I'm in a situation now where I'm where I'm living. I'm not exactly near the my bedroom. I feel you. My I bedroom feel you. is not near the cable box. So if I want to have anything that's going to stream like that, like I stream the shows fine. But the live sports, I'm going to have to get out of bed and do that at 8.30 in the morning, man. That ain't couch time yet. Hey, that's that's. I got bed, an app I can watching, show you. That's watching football. I got an app I can okay, show you. Okay. It's, it's, it's a very nice app. It's like, it's like they don't pay us, so <laughs> so we'll figure that one out. But I got you. I got you, my dude. Now, I will say this. As far as growing the game, this is a, this is – they're starting to get – now that they've gone away a little bit from Jacksonville, starting to get the types of teams out there that – they People need want to, see. to grow the game. Doesn't matter how bad they are. The history of these so, franchises. Yeah, the Giants and Green Bay. I mean, they should be a dominant performance by Green Bay over the Giants. But you know, hey, Saquon Barkley has had a resurgent season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Daniel Jones is just not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. Well, I think the problem isn't that he's not as bad as people make him. I think the problem is he's not as good as a top 10 pick should be. Yeah, well, you know, there's Mr. Trubisky's, <laughs> and hey, it's another guy retired. Blake Bortles out there hey, everywhere, you know, man. But it, those guys you just named got overdrafted, and everybody knew on draft day. It's like, oh, wow. That's, okay. That's true, cool. too. That's cool, true, cool, too. Cool, cool, cool. Like, it's like, wow, Blake Bortles was 6'3 his whole senior year. Then you saw he was 6'5, so now he jumps over Derek Carr. <laughs> That's what happened. So, yeah. uh, obviously, our game of the week is going to be the Dallas Cowboys yeah, yeah. And, uh, at the Rams. But the actual game of the week that you're looking at, other than that's going to be Philadelphia at Arizona. And, uh, man, Kyler Murray got the bag, and he has ruined it for a lot of people. He has not looked good. Arizona's not looked good. Philadelphia uh, just looks like they could go in and not be dominant and still win and be just well on their way to 5-0. Oh, yeah, that's why I posed the question. Jalen Hurts has Jalen has, yeah. has he surpassed him? Absolutely. Now, absolutely, because because uh, of what Kyler, I, of what Kyler Murray has done mm-hmm. in the NFL, I wouldn't say, man, his quarterbacking skills are amazing. <laughs> he is. Who eight, was it? Didn't somebody attack him last week on on radio? Or I want to say it was Lashawn McCoy said was saying that Kyler Murray is trash. It's like straight he's not up trash. trash. He, he, he said I, it's like the guy can't read a defense. As soon as you make him run around, right. he's gonna play. Try and play hero ball. He's trash. Dude, he's, he's, he's trash. I would say he's a street baller. Yeah, I play. You it's know. like you can't win. He's like you can't win like that. Well, he's got to get out of the pocket. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a short quarterback. Yeah, he's a short guy, but it's he's one, got a good arm and he can move around and stuff like that. But let's let's be honest, he is not fast enough, big enough, strong enough to be the type of running quarterback that you run with he is not a guy like jalen hurts who you should say hey man here's what we're gonna do we're gonna run you in a read option because he's not that big not that strong not that fast well, now what he is is play breaks down you you mess up you don't have a spy on him boom he gone i think that it's one of these uh this logo institution thing whenever you have the bigger the quarterback the bigger the press clippings and the more they read them and the more they believe it to the point to where Kyler Murray just got all this money and he wants to cry that people are, atta- are attacking him. Because it's like, because you get paid to take the criticism, right? That's why you get the big bucks because you're supposed to be able to take that. And for him to come out there and people to actually like act like he's some sort of victim in all of this, I'm like, that's what that's why you get the money. Yeah, well, right? That's why you get the money. And to me, I just feel like with Jalen Hurts, he's been told you're not better than Tua. So we bench you as a freshman. You know, it's like, and then you want to transfer out. Like, to me, it's just one guy's had to work, and one guy was pretty much told that he, he was great since he was at Allen High School. Yeah, Jalen Hurts uh, gets, in my opinion, a little bit of a pass. I still don't think he's a great quarterback. He'll have to prove me wrong on that. He's played some. He, I've seen him play some great football. Yes. but uh, um, I'm not sold on him. But he does get the pass on being a graduate transfer. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing than being a transfer. Now, with that being said, that here's what I will not ever waste a first round pick on. Don't want to. Won't do it. Don't care how great they look at the second uh, college they go. No, don't care how great they look at the second college they go to. If you don't win the job and you take your ball and you go home, I don't want you on my oh, football no, team. Oh no, that's crazy talk. This is this is the 
You know how many quarterbacks you're saying that you don't want that have actually gone on to have success? There's a lot. It's like now those guys might not all win Super Bowls, but that's football. It's like it's like uh, what I think Nick Saban said. It's like yeah, you know what happens? It's like uh, players want to play and quarterbacks transfer. If you if you have quarterbacks transferring out, that just means you have a good program going. No, like they're, 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 so they're what? So so what? So what about Baker Mayfield? Is that why he's terrible? Because he left Tech, or because he left Tech because he was in a lose lose situation? I just—he's he's got the, Baker Mayfield's got uh, plenty of issues to get in. But it's, I'm just it's, saying, for him to capitalize it, 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 on himself would, as an individual, I I'll tell you what: if I wanted to get into Baker Mayfield, yeah. it would be a power rankings yeah. of what's wrong with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but so, I'm, I'm just so, saying. I mean, that would be well. Him transferring on that mm-hmm. would be probably pretty far down on the reasons why Baker Mayfield is not a success. So, like Joe Flacco, but for example, have, Joe Flacco. Because the thing is, whenever you go to these institutions, say if you're a like, Tom Brady almost never happened because of Drew Henson. Right. You couldn't have faulted Tom Brady if he transferred to USC there's, in those types the of way, situations. There's a way people transfer yeah. and things like that. That's completely different things. Yeah. Now, I get it. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow Joe Burrow should have never gone to Ohio State. He's That's where he's from. That's all he knows. That's, that's why he yeah. did. So, don't fault him yeah. for transferring but to But Joe LSU. Burrow, let's be real, he was trash until his last year. <laughs> he was but, tra- it's like, so he needed Kyler, that fifth Kyler year. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was gifted the starting job at a yeah. And well, just, no, it was it, he had to, it was Kyle Allen's job because it's the problem was that was a terribly ran program because right after right after Manziel left, someone ran in the ground because he promised every quarterback that he visited a starting job. Yeah, Kyle well, Allen, number one quarterback in the country, and then the next year they get Kyler Murray, number one quarterback in the country. You can't promise them both the starting job. Then you lose both of them to where you don't even have one in a in a bowl game. Yeah, you know, Kyler, like, you know? Kyler and, Murray's got Kyler Murray's got issues. Kyler Murray has had issues. Kyler Murray's got some issues that go beyond things on the football field, and we'll just eyes. I wish he played more Madden than Call of Duty, and then we wouldn't be having this. <laughs> there conversation. you go. You might not be having the conversation, but I don't like Jalen Hurts. I don't, I don't like, Hurts. That man played Madden. That man played Madden. I don't like Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't like the. So you know, you go in there and you're not. You one year you decided can't do it for a career. Well, Justin one Fields, it was a different it. situation. Could beat out a guy who's a freshman. Yeah. No, don't you remember the only re- this was before the transfer portal when he left. Remember he had the baseball players calling him put the N word in, put the N word in, put the N word in. Oh like, no, I don't remember. Yeah, that. so he left because of that. Because it's like, and then the guy, he was a baseball player on the team. They ended up kicking off the team. And the only reason why he was allowed to transfer without sitting out is because that was a chant that was heard by multiple people and it was posted on social media oh, no, where I, they were I, yelling no out idea. racist chant. He's a kid could, from Georgia. I thought and he he's hearing this. Out. No. Uh, I thought it was because he lost no, it, a job. it wasn't because he lost to Fromm. It's because the chant started. No, no, did not, did, in, not, no did yeah. not hear, somehow did not hear anything about yeah. that. I just, just, I guess it was just an assumption that. You lost to Fromm and decided, well, hey, Green yeah. Pastures over here. Yeah, but uh, you know a lot of stuff in Oklahoma where we're just going to get these transfers come in. And so what will... is Caleb Williams a different situation because he's like, oh, I was going to start nowhere where I went. Caleb Williams, I, don't I think just followed I, my coach. I don't think Caleb Williams is good. I mean, look, a lot of this is because they're transferred because they're not good. He it's, transferred I mean, to follow his coach. He was the number one quarterback in the country. Cool, How's he not think, good? Because I, I don't think he's good. I don't think he played well enough to be a number one quarterback. I mean, come on, man. Do you really think you, where you drafted Caleb Williams? 
He's a, he's a 19 not, year old. I'm not drafting him yet. I'll worry about it whenever he's. I'm not, I just don't think he's. I don't think he's the end all be all man. I don't think he's the end all be all. Like when it comes down to it, I like Drake May from North Carolina to be the number one pick in 2024. But we'll get to that when we get there. He's, he he didn't show me anything that was like yeah they won some games and he came in and was like oh he's, all he was is better than Spencer Rattler. I get that. And Spencer Rattler and he was, was another guy who who, who uh, underachieved over, as well. well underachieved think, as a prospect. Do you, was he over? Uh, oh, he, he was over. He was overrated. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah. He underachieved. Was he overrated? Oh, he was overrated. He was I, overrated. I never saw anything out of out of him that said, "Wow." And I think and if I you're think quarterbacking the, Oklahoma, yeah, you should be great because man, you have so long to make a decision. Well, the one thing I will pass, say, the one, th- the one, th- the one thing I will say about like Caleb Williams' situation over there at Oklahoma is, or even Spencer Rattler, I just believe that. Like Caleb ha- followed Riley because he's a guy from from Washington D.C. Oh, that's different. Look, yeah. hey, look, I'm fine with you. I'm I have no problem with the way the transfer portal is being run right now. If you get recruited by a coach and that coach gets fired, you should be let go of your commitment. Yeah, I, I'm 100. There's I'm talking about people who don't get the job. Okay, and take their ball and go home. Well, is it different? Say what? Is it different if you transfer down a level like they used to do? If you go from FBS to FCS? Like, because remember, that used to be the only way you could get away with not having to redshirt. So, say a Joe Flacco, whenever he went to yeah. Pittsburgh, he couldn't get a starting job. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm, fi- I'm or, fine. Or with like, or say if you're an out-of-state guy, and then the f- number, then like you know, graduate the, assistant stuff like that. I'm fine with, or you know, I'm or you know, I'm fine with all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I'm just not a fan of at the first sign of, and that's just me. And that's yeah. me right and what on. I want a quarterback. Okay, it's the first sign of adversity. Yeah. I'm packing my bags. Yeah. That's not what I want out of what needs to be your leader. Is when I see adversity, I leave. I point the finger. Now the, I do now these then, things then, like then, that. Now in saying that, we need to give Jalen Hurts props because he could have left a year earlier. I do. That's why I said he's. Yeah. In, that's so why, that's why that's, he's in a special I, I said, case. I said he's an exception because okay. he was a graduate transfer. Okay. He stayed. And then he was a graduate transfer. That's why he left before the portal too. Yeah. He was able to go straight yeah. to Oklahoma and, and do that. So him so, and Burrow, and he was and he was out there and he was cheering Tua on. Yeah, and he was doing that. He was showing he his got great a degree, teammate. and now I'm out. And I just didn't think he was that great of a quarterback while he was at Alabama. And I thought that he looked better at quarterback like a lot of people who go to Oklahoma because Oklahoma has run the type of offense they do and have had the type of offensive lines that they do, you're able to have six, seven seconds to run through your progressions to find an open wide receiver, which is why Sam Bradford's the number one pick. Sam Bradford would be the greatest quarterback on the face of the planet if he had seven seconds to ever every time to throw yeah. a football. And, you know, and in all fairness, you're right. The only quarterback who's ever come out of that style of offense to be great is Patrick Mahomes. Let's just be honest. Like, you know, and that's why people didn't believe in Patrick Mahomes is because he's the only one. Right. You know, but once he threw it like 80 yards in a pro day, it's like it makes people scratch their heads. It's like, all right, now it's really about arm strength and, and the way you can run the ball. So now we need to reevaluate this situation. Improvising skills, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, I, I posed this question uh, and maybe we'll get to it more. But if you could compare him to an athlete hmm. from any other sport, who would you compare Patrick Mahomes to? Jeter? See, you know who I'm going with? Huh. My boy, White Chocolate. Nah, because he won. He won. Because it'd be different if they, like, benched him in the fourth quarter and put in Bobby Jackson. No, I'm talking about, you know, he goes out there and he does things that you shouldn't be able to do. Well, then, you're not supposed then let's to do go ahead and, and just, work. Well, I guess it... 
If we're gonna go to, there, you're not supposed to throw across then, your body then let's across go, the field. Let's you're not go, supposed to do these. And let's things. go ahead and say, let's say Steph Curry then. If we're gonna, if, if that's what, if that's how we're yeah, going you with can it, go with Curry. I'd go, I'd go, I'd go, I'd go Steph Curry just because at this point of his career, he's got a championship, so he's and and, and he's not Kyrie because we like him. Right. <laughs> so, so I would say, all right. So let's scratch that. He's Seth Curry. He's he's Seth Curry. <laughs> okay. Seth all right. Curry. Oh wait. Now we did forget about Cincinnati versus Baltimore. Okay. That's another now big that's game. Be, that's, that's gonna a, be a great one. That's gonna be a big one. Uh, you know, and if you're re, if you're starting a franchise today, Burrow, Jackson, who you rolling with? Like, you know, no cap, no cap. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Honestly, because they're you're, you're talking about two totally different things. Um, Jackson, I guess, just because I feel like I don't have to surround Jackson with as much talent, and I can still win. And it's like because it took Joe Burrow to have a T. Higgins and a Jamar Chase to be the, as good as he is, versus this this dude could do it with Hollywood Brown and a whole bunch of tight ends. Right, like you know, let's get it. So I mean, that's that's the big thing. Yeah. Now I do believe. I, I, I do. The thing is with Burrow, it's like I always go back to that year at LSU. It's like I've never seen better football. Than, I've not. Like, you know, me neither. But also, I've never seen like a better true sophomore than Lamar Jackson. So, as far as a true sophomore, because what I believe Manziel and, and Jameis Winston were both redshirt freshmen in their second year. So, right. yeah, true sophomore to do what he did at Louisville. And he had nothing around him. So, he's been doing this for a while. So. I would I would go with Lamar, but you know I don't think there's a wrong answer with that one. All right, going to quite yeah. a quick hit things really quick in college football here. Um, man, Oklahoma got ran through. So what do we think? Oklahoma bad? TCU that good? Oh man, I think it's a little column A, column B. Uh, but I do believe that Oklahoma's given up more 275 yard rushing games this year than they have in like the last five years, and that's just what five games into the Brett Venerables defense. So that's a scary thing to see. Yeah, going to be a little bit of a letdown this year. Uh, not much for each team to play for. Yeah. And the Red River rivalry going on on Saturday. Who you got, UT or OU? The one thing I will say is game day definitely is at TCU in Kansas and not the Red River rivalry right. to where I don't think that has ever been a thing to where they're at a different Big 12 event during the Red River rivalry. So I just think that that's something to say. That is something you know, to say. What, it, it's been since 1998 that Oklahoma and Texas have not been ranked when they played against each other. Gosh, so, no. Yeah, so it is, it is the Big 12 game, college game day, during Texas OU weekend, and they are in Kansas. You're Herbie and the rest of the guys. Are you excited for a change of pace? Or are, uh, you, or are you like, but I like the fair. Uh, no, I don't like the fair. I, I don't like the fair on Saturday. I'm just I'm saying, if, you, if, if, man, if, if you're them, I mean, do you like, oh man, we uh, missed out on? Yeah, if, this, if I'm them, it's like, or are you like, oh, it's a change. Of hey, pace. you know what? Uh, Todd Blackledge is happy because <laughs> he probably hasn't gotten gotten a chance to come to this game and have the taste of the town in quite some time. So uh, good for him because probably only time he gets to do it is if TCU and SMU play on on ESPN. So, so Texas versus Oklahoma, who you got? Uh, if Ewers comes back, I'm got to roll with Texas. Just Bijan. I just hope that they get a lead and keep it. Uh, but if Ewers comes back, I really like Texas just because Dylan Gabriel, that was a dirty hit. But, you know, I felt like it was a necessary hit for TCU to be like, we here. We here. Now, I, I'm not if, – if that was my kid who – The ref stopped paying attention yeah, at that point. Yeah, but, you know, if that was my kid who did the hit, we'd ha I'd have a stern talking to it. Uh, that my kid who got laid out. He, he, he was he, – he, he was – like, He, you know, he, he didn't he, mean it. I yeah, mean, no, it's, it's like, you know, you, pl you play to hurt everybody. You don't play to injure anybody. Right. Um, I got UT regardless of who is that quarterback. I just – that OU is just – 
can't stop the run. No, uh, can't, and, and they really can't get the running game going. And they also did not look good against the pass. And, I mean, really, I think you just keep throwing the ball up to Xavier. I think you just get 15-yard penalties at a time. Now, do you think that we should see – you think they should go with Card after the good game that he had and ride that remote? No, no, no. no, no he was no, just the guy. He, looking, he's back in Dallas, Fort Worth. Man, you know what I'm saying? Looking, you're looking to the future. Yeah, it's like you're looking to the future. You're it's already, like yeah, it's like and for all I care, it's like I like Huston Card at wide receiver. He was pretty good at it in high school for you know, a little bit. My, so. my thing is that one pass before before it was all you need to see out of yeah, yours. Yeah. Uh, TCU at Kansas. I got TCU on that one. I got him. I don't got him covering. Seven and a half points is a lot of points to go travel on the road to go beat somebody at their the biggest game that they've ever had as far as football concerned. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but then uh, last but not least, Tennessee at LSU. I think Tennessee is going to get another big one before they finally fall. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I like Tennessee a lot. Uh, I just don't see Ellis. LSU, they have that great receiver, Kayshawn Butte, but I haven't seen him once. Not a one game. Not a one thing. Right. He's so he, he been booty. He ain't booting Butte. Don't try and church it up, son. You bootied. Yeah. The like question. John David, booty. Abram, booty. Not like, general. Yeah, not general booty. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, looking at uh, tonight, Mavericks are playing right now. First preseason game. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Buddy Heal, Miles Turner, both available. You got to take uh, unprotected first round pick. You still interested in Miles Turner? Do you have any interest in Buddy P- Buddy Heald if they would take? You know what can you've kicked down the road? Yeah, because they're pretty much they want two unprotected to go along with it. But if we have Luka Doncic, what's that unprotected? You're drafting twenty five. Right. If you're, that's what we're hoping for. Yep. Take them; they're unprotected. But the thing is, they're. I think that's do why they're only. Do, do you have to get both, or uh, can you get one unprotected? For, oh, they they want two unprotected, and they're trying to get for them. both players. Yeah, for both players. So it's yeah, so it's a so package. It'd, deal. it'd be a package deal, and okay. then you'd have to match salaries. So we'd have to end up moving to Tim Hardaway Jr. to make that move happen, which I wouldn't be problem because Buddy have a problem with because Buddy Hill would take those minutes, and I'd actually feel a lot more comfortable. For, with Buddy Hill shooting those threes and Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know. I think what you're doing there is you move Dwight Powell. Well, yeah. You move Dwight Powell. and Well, uh, I, I would think that we would pretty much be moving a Tim Hardaway Jr. and a Dwight Powell for right. a Buddy Hill and a Miles Turner and then be giving up those draft picks on right. top of it. And, you know, we don't like keeping those draft picks anyway. And I think it's a 25 and a 27. Yeah. So I think that that would be a move that we would need to make. And I think that if we make that move, I just would like the rotation of a McGee uh, with the Kleber. Uh, and also, we're going to have what uh, my, your guy Christian Wood, Christian Wood in there. So we would have those three. My guy, you know, yeah. Well, uh, I just think that with Miles Turner, he's he's a three and D guy for a big guy in this new NBA. It's just if he, can he stay on the court because he hasn't what. been healthy. But I would love to bring him back to the Metroplex. The I know a lot, and vers- I know a lot of Sooners would love to see Buddy Hill back in the area. The versatility that he would have if they made those two. If you had Christian Ward and, or, or, or Christian Wood and Miles Turner on the floor at the same time, the stretching with the Luca, and you had a Buddy Hill, he just penetrate, penetrate, penetrate. He could just throw it like this, and somebody's knocking down a three. I would love that. I would uh, love yeah. it. I, I mean, would love it. You you put defend, you know defenders at the wings. Yeah. You put the it's yeah you're all of a sudden it's looking like an unfair lineup. Now now in in two K that goes hard when I turn them injuries off. Now here's the thing, and it might just be a B thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I've I've had these questions. Boy? I've had these questions not just with him, but there's certain players that come along that I have questions about. Like mm-hmm. why are we not taking a chance on this? Why are we 
um, having an open spot where we need something and not doing. Uh, yeah, and it, I, and it, I and I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about just having another ball handler on this team, like another guard with upside who has played big minutes, big mm-hmm. and has shown that he's just trying to do. Matt McClung has been released by the Golden State Warriors. Every Texas Tech fan cried a little bit. You know, I mean... Hey, man, his highlight film, it wasn't quite Zion, but it was out there in high school. It was humongous. He was was an absolute uh, viral legend Mm -hmm. on on the uh, YouTube scene. He was... Because he was a guy, you know, he was like a guy who was like a two- or three-star guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that happens, the next thing you know, he's at Georgetown. Yeah. And takes his talents then to, to Lubbock. To, mm-hmm. um, and here's the thing, he's, you know. He hey, could have hey, stayed one more year, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, big knock was, well, he's small and he's not really a point guard. I think he has tried to dissuade those notions. I think he had a great year at the G League and looked good in the Summer League. And if you're looking for somebody, like, I don't see how you are gambling and think the payoff is bigger with Frank Nicolatino Nicola oh, yeah. than it is with Matt McClellan. I just think that maybe like we're just under undervaluing the defense that uh, Nilakina plays because I don't see it offensively at all. Okay, well then, okay. And, and but the one thing I will say with McClung is he's kind of a turnover machine. It's like you know, and it's almost, and I just think that he's not. He's a good three point shooter, but he's not a great three point shooter to where. Like he can be a liability with the ball in his hands because he's not, he's he's a guy that in college what well, I don't think he ever shot over forty percent and I want to say he's a guy that never had a two to one assist to turnover ratio but he could wow you in moments I'm talking but yeah. he's definitely a developmental guy to where it's like with our roster I I could see why he should be a two way guy on our team now with Golden State I get it y'all y'all were in the championship yeah. you have Steph Curry right. we don't have Steph Curry I'm not yeah I'm yeah. not faulting Golden yeah. State for doing yeah, this it's I'm like, faulting us but I'm, I'm mad it's like why didn't we get Ty Jerome if he was out there to go get we, like, we just let Golden State get, get this guy who was waived to, and cut this guy I think like, we fall in love with some of our own development oh, yeah. guys that don't like you know are we were we really like Theo Pinson this much because he was a raw raw guy yes and, and, like, and, and, uh, that's like that's what happens when your owner is that close to the team. It's like they kick it. And I they think have that, fun together. They I have think a lot that of you fun. need somebody that can come in at the guard position and be instant offense. Trey Burke wasn't perfect, but Trey Burke showed some flashes that he could go out there and drop thirty if he if he had to. Yeah, uh, it might not be efficient. His PER might be out of whack. There might be some turnovers, but well, the one thing I will say about Matt really McClung is like I do, I do think that his numbers, as far as what he did in the G League, they were pretty comparable to say a guy, uh, a Texas guy, Carson Edwards. Remember him a few years ago out of uh, Purdue, three point shooting uh, guard. I think he's from uh, the Houston area. But to me, it's just if that guy can't stick around in the league, then Mac McClung, I can kind of see it because at least it's Carson Edwards, we know that he's. That he's a deadly three-point shooter, and at least that would be his skill set. Versus McClung, I just think that he just needs to maybe go to Europe for a little bit, maybe star a little bit, develop that three-pointer to where he's a consistent knockdown three-point shooter, and then I think he will have a spot in this league. Because athletically, I think he has it to make it in the NBA, and I think with defense, a lot of the times it just takes effort. And I think that he would he could have that type of effort to stick around in the league if he gets an opportunity. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but also preseason hockey, we are – just upon one of the greatest 
times of the year, the best time to go to Vegas. Oh, yeah. All four sports colliding. Yeah, I honestly think the best time is the week before Christmas because you get a, a little bit of bowl action sprinkled in there. But, there you go. Yeah. I like that. Of yeah. course, I went during uh, something that was unbelievable. I went uh, first weekend at NCAA Oh, yeah. That's always been a dream of mine. I haven't done it. I think I missed out this past year by like a week, and I just, it's like, it's not the same. It's (laughs) where I developed my love for a, I don't know, what I consider to be a very, I don't know, fun guy. (laughs) Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Took, we had the uh, San Diego State and the over. Took three overtimes to hit the over and to hit the spread. Dang. Three overtimes. It needed all three, huh? (laughs) That's such a bad bet. Hey, but you know, but you were drunk and happy at the end of that. Oh, my God. You 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 tell everybody that was in there all had the same bet because everybody's like, yes, another overtime, yes, another overtime. There was one guy in a San Diego State jersey, and he got kicked out. Yeah. Now, I will, oh, uh, speaking of Vegas, I'm sorry, I didn't put it in the notes, but Victor uh, Wimbignano versus Scoot Henderson last night. I don't know if you caught it at all. These are supposed to be the number I one, saw, number I saw two. the highlights. So, uh, I want to say, uh, what, Wimbignano had 37? Yep. Yeah, Scoot so. was, I think, 28. Man, so uh, there's no way Scoot's jumping to that number one spot, huh? <laughs> I, I, I think Nobody's tanking for Scoot, huh? I was actually talking about that on my way in. It was like, this is dumb to that people are saying like, oh, if he just fixes this, we could get him over. Like, I don't care. This is not. No, nah, man. This is, this is not. It's oh, a tall we're... person's game. It's a tall man, person's it's game. A unicorn, it's a unicorn game. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, I can understand, you know, some stuff like where you have two guys. You're like, like, okay, Holmgren versus Smith and Pacheco. Yeah, th- we're talking Pancaro. about four or five like then guys who six, played. T- you got two guys who are six ten, and, and then one seven, guy seven, who's seven. like, yeah, who's kind of this unicorn guy. Okay, I can see. Hey, these two guys are way safer, and this guy is probably not leaps and bounds ceiling higher than those yeah. guys, and not taking him number one. This guy, this guy would have went number one last year at seventeen. You know, it's yeah. different. It's different. Like, Chet Holmgren don't want it with him. <laughs> no. Chet Holmgren don't want to rebound with LeBron because it cost him a whole NBA season. That's yeah. a, LeBron a big dude, man. He's a big, big dude. Big it's dude. Like, big, he big, got big welcome dude. to the NBA before his NBA season started. Yeah. He, yeah. He don't, he don't like to share the spotlight. Nah. Uh-uh. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. That's been the second episode. We went a little bit long. We're still trying to keep things Sorry. tight up in here as we continue on. Dallas Bias Club. He's Jordan Body. I'm Blake Higginson, and we will see you next Wednesday. We out. Peace. Jordan Amati, I'm Blake Kinkerson. I am Jordan Amati. This is the Dallas Bias Club Sports Talk with a bias towards the Dallas sports. Well, the DFW represent forever and always.